everybody, and welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we were talking about all the Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame, but now we are going to be doing a special spoiler cast episode of Spider-Man Far From Home. And yes, this is a spoiler podcast, so this entire podcast is spoilers for the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, don't listen to this. Just wait, because there's a lot of good stuff going on. So spoilers, full spoilers. This is your warning. Get out. So, Get so if you did see the movie, hello, I'm your host, Kale Jouette, and uh, joining me today for this episode is Chris Compendio from AP Marvel. Hello. Chris, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I just saw the movie last night, so it's very fresh in my head, and I'm very honored that you're asking me to uh, kind of help you wade through this uh, these uncharted waters in the post-Endgame <laughs> world. Right. It's yeah. like, everything is so interesting uh, <laughs> that's a word i yeah. think no like i think i need to change the name of my podcast no the blip we're not calling it the snap anymore apparently the guys blip. <laughs> Appar- yeah the blip is a thing so uh as of today no i'm just kidding it's staying the snap i think the snap sounds way cooler yeah um but yeah this was such this was honestly a really refreshing movie mm-hmm. like I didn't have expectations. I don't know if you did. Like, I've kind of felt a tad bit burnt out with the Marvel movies as much as I love the MCU. But I was like, I just went in and was like, okay, Spider-Man, like, hope it's good. And I was, like, blown away the entire time. Like, I had so much fun. What about you? Yeah, me too. I I came out of, um, I came out of Endgame. I remember, you know, you, you know, Anthony from AP Marvel and he... He was like, oh, yeah, talk about the movie. Let's, like, put a soundtrack on the drive back. And I was like, no, no, just just stop. <laughs> Shut up. I, I cannot stand any Marvel for the next 24 hours. And I I, I wrote a review, and I was like, I, 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 love, I like this movie a lot, but at this point in life, I would be okay if I never saw a new MCU movie ever again. <laughs> and that scared my friends. <laughs> Yeah. So I, yeah, like it wasn't really high or low expectations. It was just like no expectations, and right. I, I'm, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. Like I, I don't think I loved this movie as much as I have like my 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 top MC movies, but it kind of revitalized my interest in the franchise as a whole. Surprisingly, I did not expect For sure. that. Especially with the uh, twist mid credit scene, which we will talk <laughs> about later. But that was a big whoa, whoa now. What are we doing, Marvel? What, what's going on? Um, really exciting, though. But yeah, I uh, this is going to be crazy to say, but I have only seen Endgame once. So Ooh. I haven't seen it since the first night it came out. I meant I talked about this on the podcast. I had tickets to go see it again. The movie theater double sold my ticket and I was like, how does this happen? Jeez. So I meant to go see it again with my refund and I never did. So waiting and I couldn't go see it the weekend that it came back in theaters because I had work, so I missed out on that. But I did get a poster. My friend got me a poster. Hell yeah. Um, But yeah, so like after I saw it that one time and I talked about it so much, I've been like, what do I, what do, I do with my life now? I feel like the MCU <laughs> is done with. But it's not done. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how this movie wrapped up the Infinity Saga. Um, and hopefully we learn soon what is coming in the future comic-con um, baby right <laughs> so um so yeah 
if you have listened before or if you have not listened before, um, what we're going to do, I'm going to do a little recap of the film. And then after we're going to talk about our feelings, kind of review it a little bit, and then we are going to rate the movie. I'm going to show you where it lands up in my 23 now, my list of 23. Um, I will ask Chris what their favorite uh, top three movies are. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, are you ready to get into this recap? Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. So if you've seen the trailers for this movie, you know that, you know, he's going off on his little summer trip all around Europe. So I just went on a trip to Europe with my girlfriend and the mm-hmm. entire time I was like le- leaning to her and I was like, hey, we saw that. You remember when we did that? Oh, we went we there, there and too. she was just kind of like, uh, stop. <laughs> my parents are going so, on a European trip and uh, starting next week, they'll be there for the rest of the month. So I'll be house sitting. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe one day. It's funny because (laughs) my dad tried to frame it as like a romantic thing, but all he wants to do is Uh, just watch the Tour de France. Right. I forgot that that was that was coming up. So. um, So, yeah, I'm going to jump into the recap. This recap is coming out. So we, we just saw the movie last night, right? So the movie just came out. So I got the recap from wikipedia shout out to wikipedia for everything they do toss them some money if you use wikipedia a lot because they're just doing it to do it not they're... that the people who actually do the editing get money they're just like <laughs> dudes who love trivia and information so like shout exactly. out to them but shout out uh, uh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> um so expect this not to be as in-depth as my normal recaps and if i forgot anything chris just just help me out at the end totally. let me know yeah but but yeah, we'll jump into it. So I don't know if I'm on to interrupt you in, in between, but uh... <laughs> it's okay. All right. So this is a Spider-Man Far From Home. So in Mexico, Nick Fury and Maria Hill investigate an unnatural storm and later encounter the Earth Elemental. Uh, a superpowered man, Quentin Beck, arrives to fight the creature. So that happened. They meet up with this it's Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh he's like, Oh, you don't want any part of this. He's the superhero, and they're this, like, okay. In this very dramatic, cheesy way, like this very, very dramatic superhero way yeah so we're just kind of like who's this guy it was very dramatic we get so again we're at this midtown school of science and technology and we are watching a powerpoint of all the avengers that died (laughs) uh so we get tony stark we get black widow we get um who else who else they included cap and like my my friend (laughs) was like like he's not dead is he like no but I don't know. Maybe they, maybe, maybe the Avengers like maybe he like got really old yeah. and died like right after. I don't know. Like eight months later, I think something like that. So, these Spider-Man movies have been really weird with time. I remember eight they years later. <laughs> yeah, they have been a little bit weird. That's what I was wondering if they were going to screw up the time. Yeah, but there there is a horrible JPEG of Vision and a Getty's <laughs> image yes. watermarked of Black Widow at uh, the UN. <laughs> Yeah, so it was just it was awful, but it was really funny. Like the like I was expecting this movie to start out like really emotional, but it they made it kind of funny and they explained literally what happened in Endgame, the blip as they're calling it, not the snap. Um, really quickly, so you get these um these students and they're talking about what happened, um, and they said that half the class, half the like people that got snapped, uh, that blipped, they blipped back. Um, and they had to restart their school year. So even though there were some kids that were like way younger than them, like five years younger than them, they were like the same age as them now. Um, so they had to restart the school year. So 
The school, it's, I'll read Wikipedia. The school organizes a two-week summer field trip to Europe, where Peter Parker, still distraught over Tony Stark's death, plans to confess his growing feelings for classmate MJ and, as well, avoid heroics. Uh, so we're assuming after homecoming, there was like a blossoming romance with MJ. Maybe he started catching feelings for her. We don't see any of that. So the movie yeah, just starts weird. off off the bat yeah it starts off the bat with a romance so you know classic spider-man he's he's a kid and he's has a crush on somebody so yeah so um we have this fundraiser for the homeless coordinated by aunt may and uh peter is there in the spider-man suit raising money and happy hogan comes out and he warns peter that he will be called by nick fury but When it happens, he chooses to ghost him. If you don't know what ghosting means, uh, (laughs) welcome to the Millennial Podcast, where we talk about ghosting. Um, So he just doesn't answer his phone calls ever. So he's like, I'm going on this trip and I'm not going to answer any phone calls from Fury. I'm going to leave it all behind me. He goes on this trip. He's going on the plane and he decides not to bring his suit with him and he is going to fly. And he says, like, he's going to try to sit next to MJ, but doesn't work out. MJ sits next to this other guy, Brad, who also seems to have a crush on MJ. So Peter's, like, mad the whole time. He's, like, Br- looking Brad's from, one of from the, the side. Brad's one of the dudes who didn't get snapped. So, like, he, right. he, so he, he was like, a kid. Technically... And now he's their age. <laughs> and he's, like, really attractive. And, yeah, it's just, like, the perfect rival, right? Fuck um, Brad. So Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck a Brad. Like, <laughs> uh, so they get to Venice, um, in Italy, and they're on the trip and they're sightseeing. And during the trip, Peter and his friends are among these people who are attacked by the water elemental, um, which is one of the elementals that we met with with Beck in the beginning. So, um, this thing proceeds to wreak havoc on the city, and Beck arrives and destroys the creature. And Peter is in the is he doesn't have a suit on he just puts on this like masquerade mask like the venice thing um and he is attempting to help so that night uh fury meets with peter and introduces him to beck who is now being called mysterio on the news after shooting ned with a tranquilizer (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that happens nick fury's a cop by the way (laughs) yeah very much so so yeah so he Tells Peter, like, what's been going on. Beck explains who he is and everything. Um, Fury gives Peter Stark's glasses, which were meant for his successor. So, so the glasses, they are equipped with the artificial intelligence Edith, which, what does it stand for? Even dead. Even dead, I'm the hero. Even dead, I'm the hero, which is great. Uh, so these glasses have an access to the entire um, databases of Stark Industries, and it commands this large orbital weapons supply. Why the fuck, Tony, would you give this to a kid? I don't know. It's fine. He trusts him. So uh, Mysterio claims that the elementals killed his family and that he hails from a different reality, one among many in the multiverse, which if you've seen the trailers, you hear this and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, this could do so much. But if eh, we'll get to it, (laughs) if you're like me and you know about this character, you were kind of like, "Eh, what's going on here? So. So, yeah, so he claims all these things and Fury's like this fire elemental will be in Prague. So you got to come with us. And Peter's like, no, I'm not coming. I'm going to be on my class trip. Good luck. But um, instead of going to Paris the next day, his trip is going to Prague. So Fury has redirected the school's trip itinerary to Prague, where the fire elemental is predicted to strike. Um, 
So there's this big carnival happening and the classmates go to this like opera and Peter goes to sit with MJ, but then he's like, no, I gotta go. I gotta go. He doesn't tell her that, but he, he does the classic Peter thing where he's like, oh, I'll meet you there. But then he sneaks off. So during this carnival, the fire elemental comes out. Um, and then Mysterio, with Parker's help, destroys it. Um, and then Fury and Hill invite Peter and Mysterio to Berlin to discuss the formation of a new superhero team. After this is happening, Peter and Beck can go have a drink. And they're in this pub, this bar in Prague. And he's like... <laughs> he's a child. And he, I don't know. I know. That was a well, weird he, scene. I but. think he... How old is he? 16? Yeah. They do a bit with Flash in the in the airplane where, like, he's he's drinking and, like, MJ's like, he, he's not 21, he was blipped, so, like, he, he's, right, he's right, still right. 16, technically. But, but in Europe, I will, I will say, I think a lot of places in Europe, you could be 16 to drink. But he oh, was right. drinking a lemonade, I think. <laughs> Didn't yeah, Beck make funny, a joke yeah. about that? Yeah, so he's chugging some lemonade, Beck's having a beer, um, Mysterio, and they're talking, and they're getting along, and Beck's, like, this, like, cool new friend that he has, this new superhero friend. Um, like an uncle figure rather than a father figure. <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. So he gives him the dumbest, like, ugh. So Peter's like, you know, I don't want these glasses. I don't think I can be Stark's successor, so I think you could do it. You've saved the world. You have experience. You deserve this. So he hands over the Edith glasses, the glasses that contain uh, a whole bunch of orbital weapons supply, right? Mm-hmm. So he leaves, and I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to say what I want to say, because that comes later in the Wikipedia for some reason. <laughs> uh, so that night, Peter goes back to the hotel, and he's like, I'm not going to be Spider-Man right now. I'm going to have some fun. So he finally asks MJ to go out with him, and they go to Charles, Brig in, uh, Charles Bridge in Prague, where MJ tells Peter that, uh, basically, she knows he's Spider-Man. He's like, I got something to tell you. I'm going to tell you that I like you. And she's like, you're Spider-Man. It's really fun. So they're talking about that. And she pulls out this piece of debris that she found at the carnival battle. And it is this projector that presents a simulation of the air elemental, leading the two to realize that Mysterio is a fraud. So what? for some reason, what? Uh, we already know that because in the movie, as soon as Peter leaves... At the nearby pub, Beck, a former holographic illusion specialist at Stark Industries, who was fired for his unstable nature, thanks his team of fellow ex-Stark employees for their help. So he is a fraud, basically. So he takes off. the. He's like, oh, that was so easy. He just handed me those glasses. This is what I wanted. And then we get these really cool flashbacks of the MCU. We see the scene of Tony Stark wearing the glasses at the beginning of Civil War, and he's got the whole uh, scene of his parents, right? And then he calls... What does he call them? Barf. Barf. Uh, he I calls them the, Barf. I forget what it stands for, but yeah. And then... Uh, so then we get a glimpse of Jake Gyllenhaal. So Mysterio's in the background. He's like, what? You called my project Barf? Like, he's mad about it. <laughs> they forced Gump him in, in like, the background. <laughs> like, they just added him. <laughs> Insert... <laughs> Right. Yeah. So you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, that's cool. And then he shouts out like one of his team members who goes all the way back to Iron Man. And you see, God, what's his name? Um, Obadiah Stane. Yes. I always forget his name. Uh, he he! You see him yelling at a guy uh, for not getting the arc reactor like Tony ready in time. Stark built this in a cave with a box of scrap like that. That's yeah, exactly that scene. Yeah. And that guy's there and he's helping him out. And then you're just like, oh my god, all this is happening. So he's got this team of people, and basically you're like, oh, he was a fraud the whole time, and they all just fell for it. Which 
Then I started to question, Fury seems really dumb in this movie. Why does Fury seem like to do all these (laughs) dumb things, which Fury would never do? So anyway... Preparing for another illusion, Beck discovers that MJ took evidence of his deception. So Peter travels to Berlin to meet with Fury to tell him about all this that he's discovered, only to realize that the version before him is an illusion created by Beck. So he battles multiple illusions, which amazing. I don't know if anybody listening or if you've done this, Chris, uh, but when um, I played Batman, the um, I think it was Arkham Knight. Um where, oh, yeah, the Arkham games, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's Arkham Knight is the one that I'm thinking of where you get all the illusions. Um, maybe it's not that one. It's one of them. You have a whole Asylum and Knight both had Scarecrow, and they both do mind Yeah, yeah. So all the Scarecrow stuff. It was basically that. I was getting a lot of those vibes. So you're, he's, like, all in his head making these illusions. It's really trippy. It's a lot of CGI stuff going on. But it's actually was really cool. Like, it didn't seem like... Like, it fit, and it was done really well. So, he's fighting with Mysterio. He gets hit by a train, but he survives. And um, he breaks out. He uh, falls unconscious into this train car, and he awakens in a jail cell in the Netherlands. So, he breaks out of there, and he contacts Happy. So, Happy shows up, and they have this little moment about missing Tony, and uh, Happy is like, we're going to fly you to London, and we're going to fix this, basically. So he shows him the suit manufacturing machine left behind by Stark, which Peter uses to synthesize a customized spider suit. And it's so, like, it's such a, like, touching moment because he's doing all the stuff. He looks like Tony. Like, he's messing around um, with the with the gadgets, and it just, it looks really nice. Um yeah. So, so yeah, Happy flies him out to London, and Beck is orchestrating this Tempest Elemental, seeking to kill MJ and any others whom she might have revealed his secret. So he is set up on the Tower Bridge, and he's got this huge setup, and everybody's falling for it. And Happy calls um, Fury and gives him this like coded message to not trust people. Um, so Fury figures it out, and then. Peter flies in and the, 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 um, Peter breaks through this illusion using his quote Peter Tingle, not Spidey senses. That is mentioned so many times. The Peter Tingle, so weird. This scene is really cool. Uh, he tries to do the mind control stuff to him, but he breaks out of it and he regains control of the Edith. Um, he defeats Beck, who dies by a misfired gunshot. Um, meanwhile, we have um, MJ and um, like all of his friends and Happy are like stuck with the crown of jewels. Flash and and um, Betty Brandt, who we forgot to mention, is. Like through the entirety of only the Europe, the Europe <laughs> trip is in a relationship with Ned, which is yeah. like wonderful. <laughs> that was that was so funny because the, the in the beginning of the movie, Ned's like, "No, we're gonna be bachelors. You can't go hook up with MJ. Let's be bachelors in Europe." And the second they get off the plane, he's like, "Oh, this is my girlfriend. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's great." Um, so yeah. So anyway, um, Beck died, um, and. Wikipedia. Uh, Parker returns to New York City and begins a relationship with MJ is basically what it, it, it well, ends they, so on. they kiss in London, right? <laughs> they have, like, the most awkward yes. kiss, like, teenage kiss ever. 
Yeah, so she goes out on Tower Bridge and gives him a little kiss, and it's really weird. But then they kiss again, and it's fine. Um, But it's a cute little, like, high school kiss. Yeah. So they go home, and then when they land, he's like, oh, we should double date. And Ned's like, oh, we broke up. So they were only (laughs) dating for the trip. So then, yeah, uh, we see Peter's, like, going to take MJ on a date which is such a weird date of flying her through New York city. Um, and then it's we get the safe. credits rolling and in a mid credit scene, uh, he goes to drop her off and she's like, I'm never doing this again. And he's like, all right, I got to go. So he jumps up and you're like breaking news. And then it's like from the daily bugle. And then everybody's like, Holy shit. Like I literally got up in my theater. So Jay Jonah Jameson of the daily bugle pops up returned by none other than JK Simmons. Amazing. Holy shit. If if you've watched any of the first three Spider-Man movies, you know who this is. He's great. Um, so he is on the screen and he's blaming Spider-Man for the Elemental's attacks, broadcasting doctored footage of the incident filmed and recorded by Beck. So the entire fight sequence that he had with with Peter, he's like, hey, guys, Spider-Man just detonated all these bombs and he's going to kill me and blah, blah, blah. So and then you hear Peter say, like, execute, execute the the drones, ma- making sure that they, like, go away. But we don't know that. We just hear execute the drones. Right. So he incriminates Parker for his death. And then at the end reveals Peter Parker to be Spider-Man on the loud screen in New York City. I gasped. I said, Marvel, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what is happening here? Um, so, yeah, that happened. Yeah, they do a callback as, like, Homecoming ended with um, Aunt May saying, what the f-, and then interrupted. Yeah. And then Peter does the same thing, which I thought what was a funny f- callback. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Um, and then we do get a post-credit scene, and we see Fury and um, Hill in the Bill. car, and they are the Skrulls. Talos, Talos and Soren, uh, they are revealed to have been masquerading as Fury and Hill the entire time, as directed by the real Fury, who we see commanding a Skrull spaceship, um, which then clicked in my head. No wonder why Fury was a dumbass in this movie, because he wasn't Fury. Um, so that was great. So how long have the Skrulls, like, been working with Fury like this? I don't know, but it's Weird, pretty cool. Yeah. Um so yeah, that is the recap. Did I miss anything super important in this Wikipedia recap? Not particularly. No. Um, okay. Just just a bunch of minor minor things. things. This um, movie was so funny. There was so many moments that I was laughing, and I was like, "What are they doing? This is like awkward, uncomfortable high school movie, but also like funny and like very action packed." Like the entire time, I was like kept on my feet. Like I wasn't like bored at any point. Totally. I mean, it's it's very like a a brand of cringe humor, but it's it feels kind of like authentic in a way where it's it's not really depending on tropes and cliches of like of older high school movies, but rather of I mean, I I, I felt like Homecoming and Far From Home both gave me like flashbacks <laughs> to like right. high school awkwardness. Uh, granted, I went to a very different high school. I went to an all-boys private school, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, j- Yay, just all, I went to an all-girls Catholic school, so I know. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Uh, a yep. lot of the social dynamics and, like, you know, like, the, the AV stuff, like, the, the, the news thing at the beginning was just was just so funny. Um, and, you know, like, Ned and Peter are just such a, a fun... Um, just a fun pair. 
Zendaya is right, is yeah. very much it's it's very much like a Daria take on MJ. Yeah. <laughs> and I like it. Like I was a little bit like I was one of the people that were like when she was revealed to be MJ at the end of um Homecoming, I was kind of like, "Wait, what?" Like it didn't seem like like I was like, "Okay, I would love to see her as MJ, but like this take on MJ is kind of weird, but uh, whatever, I guess we're going to roll with it." Um and then, like this movie, I actually liked a lot. I liked this the, the way that MJ was in this movie. So right, yeah, she she's not she's not you know face a tiger, you just hit the jackpot like confidence right. model MJ. She like that scene in the bridge. The reason why I like that so much is because you know it it it, it kind of it, it they talked about they talked out loud about how you know Peter has trouble connecting with people and because he's very awkward and it turns out MJ's the same way too and right. that's why that that kiss like as I was covering my eyes of how awkward it was but like again <laughs> that, that there is this weird authenticity to it right so it's yeah it's okay so <laughs> the the scene that I felt defined the movie to me was near the beginning. It was after the press conference scene at like in the homeless shelter or wherever that was. And you know, he's in the iron spider suit. All the reporters are crowding around him. They're all like taking pictures, you know, it's that scene and they're all overwhelming him with questions. And they're all asking him questions about the wider universe. Like, you know, are you, are you the leader of the Avengers? Like, are you the next Iron Man? Yada, yada, yada. Like, and he's like, prob- neighborhood questions? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, I feel like they're they're all asking the questions that fans are asking. Like, people who are like, like us who are enthusiastic about the MCO as a whole. And when you talk to more hardcore Spider-Man fans, they're really missing on the down-to-earth you know, the friendly, quote-unquote friendly neighborhood Spider-Man stuff. And it seems very meta in that way, in that um, the, the film was aware that Spider-Man is being pulled into, like, this crazy big universe space stuff, and Peter just wants to, like, again, stay grounded. Right. Um So... It, it it's it, there there was like the, the, a whole meta contextual element that I was not expecting, and by the end of the movie, you know he he like went through all this crazy stuff in Europe, and he's back swinging around Manhattan, like and it it, it felt it kind of like brought me back to the Raimi day. like this is before J.K. Simmons even showed up, but right, there was something yeah. so familiar and comforting about just watching Spider Man in New York, just like amongst his people. Right. And I love that scene. I was thinking the yeah, entire time yeah. when they were swinging around, I got all of those Spider-Man PS4 like yeah. vibes of yeah. swinging through New York. He takes a selfie and it's so Oh yeah. It's yeah. so authentic. It feel it felt right. But I know this has probably been brought up a lot, but I was I was nervous to see Spider-Man outside of New York. Like right, we got him in space and stuff, but like for a whole movie for Spider-Man's movie to not be in New York, I was kind of like what's going to happen? And it was not bad. Like I, to me, it felt really refreshing, and it was interesting the way that they spinned it because he technically wasn't Spider-Man the entire movie because he had this like he had like the noir suit, and they were calling him Night Monkey. Uh, so he was never suit, really. I think is what they want you to call it. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> it was it was nice. I actually like I was nervous for it, but I actually really liked that. So that was cool. Yeah, because you know it, it, it's it's still very much focused on and. That, it's a little contrived, like, they, they go on a science trip and, like, there's literally nothing scientific about anything they do. 
but they were able to kind of keep that element of high school humor by still having the class go on this trip. Those poor kids, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those poor children. Yeah. Uh, the, every every scene. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Um, that wasn't in the Wikipedia article, but it was really funny uh, to see when Peter's figuring out Edith for the first time, and he he's like, he goes to try on the suit for the first time, and there's this like European older woman. That scene was so weird to me. Um, and also she's scroll. like, yeah, and it was like, take off your clothes, take off your clothes, and try this on. And so he goes He's to take off his child. pants. Weird, <laughs> very weird. He goes to take off his pants, and Brad, of course, Brad, walks in, <laughs> takes a picture, and he's like, I like MJ. I'm going to show her this. So he puts on the glasses on the bus, and he's like, I need you to, like, target Brad. I need, I, we need to delete this picture off the phone. And he's like, target Brad, and starts, like, t- shooting drones after him. Like, yeah. he almost kills his classmate in Europe. Like, that was amazing i mean not fu- it was just funny like that that's, sets the tone for what i condone drone strikes against teenagers is what kayla's saying <laughs> it was great no it was funny i there's so many funny scenes in this film i love it it's um it you know that that whole robert downey jr is not in this movie but he still cast a shadow over it oh yeah i feel like that's gonna be like that for a while do you feel the same way I don't know. I mean, I think they kind of um, they kind of wrung as much as they could out of that, and I was really looking forward to see how they would handle. Because we knew there was going to be a Mysterio twist by nature of being Mysterio, right? My girlfriend. So my girlfriend has no like had no idea who Mysterio was. So like mm-hmm. she was like, "Do you have anything you want to like?" guess throughout the movie and i was like i'm not gonna tell you because i kind of already know where it's going and she was like oh no tell me and i was like no it's one of those things that like it's gonna ruin the movie for you so i'm not gonna tell you and i'm glad that i didn't because she was like oh like she's she leans to me like as peter's giving him the glasses and she's like i bet he's a bad guy and i literally looked at her and i was like no shit (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the way like he was he was being so humble about it, and uh, you know it, it it's it's very good acting from Jake Gyllenhaal because again right. like it's 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 like purposely bad acting in the beginning because he's being very dramatic like for my family like like stuff right, like that yeah and... yeah that's what I was telling um that's what I was talking about <laughs> after like the first thing that I talked about right after I left the film was that like at first I was like kind of nervous about Jake Gyllenhaal I was like oh. I guess he's selling this character to me, whatever. But the second that he takes off the glasses and then you see, like, ev- like the illusions drop as Peter walks out the bar, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, that was really good. I was really, yeah. like, he did such a good job as Mysterio. I loved it. Yeah, he was like, suck, like that kid's a sucker, sucker Rudy. <laughs> and like, and he, you know, he stands on a table and he does a speech. And I have to say, I don't really like his motivation a lot. Like, oh no, a... but I mean it's Mysterio. Like, oh yeah, no, they they got that part right. Like the 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 I you know I love the sequence where he is he's basically rehearsing the the hologram. You know, mm-hmm. he's like giving instructions to Iron Man one dude, and um, you you see the process and like he's he's being a director, which is a really cool sequence. The thing I didn't the the speech he gives in that bar in that pub to all of his 
followers. I don't know exactly why they follow this dude. It's not yeah. like they're getting I think they were all fired by Stark, so they all just yeah. kind of have a grudge on yeah. Tony. Yeah, and that, that, that's kind of what I mean by, like, you know, casting the shadow, because I... It's another case, it's, it, again, like in Homecoming, it's, like, another dude who's been, like, spurred by Tony Stark, and... Um, but, you know, I, Homecoming, I think, had the advantage of, okay, this is a little more relatable, this is like a, this is a blue-collar worker, his livelihood is being threatened, like, his, that's his, that's his, um, his income, that's his family they're talking about, and, right. uh, there is a personal connection, because, you know, I think the plot twist of, uh, Michael Keaton being the, the father of Peter's crust, like, So that good, guy, by the way. Yeah, like... <laughs> So the, the the air was sucked out of the theater. I did not expect that like one bit. Um, there's something a, lo- a lot weaker about Beck's motivation. It's like, oh, he renamed it to Barf and then fired me. It's like, yeah, dude, it was all come kind on. of like it felt like a joke <laughs> to me. But that's what, when I think about Mysterio, I think about this like ridiculous guy who is doing these illusions, and like that's what I think about. So like, to me. I completely agree. Like, when I'm going to talk about, eventually, like, my top bad guys, like, Mysterio's not Mm going to be up there. I had a lot of fun watching this movie, and it was really, like, the fighting scenes with Mysterio were really fun and good. Um, But, like, exactly, like, the motivations are just kind of dumb. Like, they're kind of silly. So, yeah, I... I agree, but I I just think of Mysterio as being kind of a silly villain, so... Yeah, it's hard for me, because uh, visually, they got everything right. Right. And it was such a... It was probably the best you could have done with a modern interpretation of his power set. Like, his superpowers were visual effects and drones. <laughs> I thought that that just really worked for me. And he's definitely, out of, like, you know, even the pre-MCU Spidey movies, he was probably the cruelest of those villains. Um, at least, uh, besides maybe Topher Grace's Venom, like, all of them had some sort of redeemable quality to them or some sort of sympathetic part of them. Right. And um not so much with Beck. Like he was he almost shot Peter Parker in the head at point yeah. blank with a gun. Admit like that was and a you really can cool. hear it like when <laughs> when he's talking to his team and he's just like, Oh, I gotta kill a bunch of kids now. Like shit, yeah. I gotta kill a bunch of kids just so I, I could casually. put on this show and be a be a superhero. Like, you know, like clearly this dude is unstable. He has no real mode like his motivations are literally just to be just to be crazy, basically. I whispered to my friend, I was like, is this syndrome for the Incredibles? <laughs> <laughs> that's he's, he's like faking being a superhero, so Right. That, yeah. that scene's still really cool when he's when he's mind fucking him. Um I love that like, scene. It was so fun. Yeah. And then, and then I got you know, like, like I was like, oh no, they're doing this when they at first, so you see there's this little scene where you see um Peter in a graveyard and I'm like they're gonna show Uncle Ben and they didn't they showed Tony um but I mean the skeleton gripped out of the ground and there's spiders crawling out of his skull it's like, yeah holy. that and was then, like he's like do you feel guilty you couldn't save him it's like holy shit man yeah that was, that was a lot <laughs> it was a lot you know I don't think I talked about this at all either but happy and Aunt May have a little budding thing going on. What's that about? I don't know what she sees in him. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's just a summer fling. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> I know some people who are really big fans of Spider-Man, and they they didn't like so much that... Um, 
I mean, Happy Happy Louis says like you you know you're not Tony Stark. You can, no one can be Tony Stark. But they still have the scene where he is. Um, I love the scene where he's building a suit because like that's what Spider Man should be. It should be him making his own suit. Right. Uh, granted, he had Stark resources, and there's the part where he like puts the um you know puts his hand through the holographic. Uh, the arm throwback thing. and it, it kind of called back to this one shot in Iron Man 1 where like he was planning out his own suit and you see Happy smiling it's like oh he's he's young Tony Stark and that kind of rubs people off the wrong way I think some people were kind of confused by the messaging of like is he the next Tony Stark or is he his own dude because I felt they were telling us he wasn't but showing us that he was yeah yeah I totally I see that I see that I mean to me it felt just kind of like a callback to Iron Man 1, right? Like, this is the end mm-hmm. of the Infinity, what's going on with the Infinity Saga. So I felt like that was like yeah. a a tribute to that. But I think it's kind of one of those classic situations of like, no, Dad, this is your dream. It's not my dream. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> it was like I I can still do these things and I can still be like you but i'm my own person and i can't live up to you kind of things sure um do you want to talk about the repercussions of the snap slash blip because sure, they kind yeah. of try to get into that and parts of it satisfied me parts of it i felt they left things out okay but they well first of all the 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 imagery of like if we're talking like i, I want to talk about the the opening news scene because uh first of all i felt bad for laughing because you know these were dead characters but it was presented in such a funny way <laughs> but then they showed imagery of there was this basketball game there was like this <laughs> this band performance and they were being dusted away and like that must be terrifying right and then they show the blip and all the band people are coming back still playing their instruments <laughs> and like one of the like the band dudes just get decked by basketball <laughs> players which like i cracked up at yeah. that um, but then you have things like, um, you have, you know, Flash pretending to be 21 because technically he, you know, his ID, like his birthday is 21 years ago. You have things like, uh, Mr. Harrington played by Martin Starr being like, oh, I, um, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> my, my, my <laughs> wife pretended to be dusted and, uh, we even had a funeral, but really he she was just running off with another dude, which is like... <laughs> <laughs> dark Holy but like shit. also really funny and um you know on to may she she described her uh snap uh or, or her blip rather and she she rematerialized in her apartment and someone else had lived there so like someone thought she was a mistress or something like that so you know approaching the the repercussions with levity and that makes sense for something that's uh, funny as spider-man but I was surprised that they didn't get into, like, any, like, I guess it wasn't traumatic to them. Like, it must have been right. painless. Like, they just disappeared and reappeared. Um, and because if if it wasn't traumatic for the victims, it was certainly traumatic for everyone else who was left behind. Alive, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know. I was really hoping that because I really liked how, again, going back to Homecoming and The Vulture, I really like how... His backstory is very much formed from the previous movies, you know, like, like it, it flashed back to Avengers 1, and that was kind of a cool superhero origin story. So, if we're talking, like, 
Far From Home as an epilogue to Endgame, I was really hoping that Beck's motivation would have have somehow well, so- something to do with the snap, you know? Um, maybe, like, he was blipped, and then, like, he formed a new identity and then tried to do his superhero thing, but no, it was just like, okay, an- another person who hates Tony Stark, and to me, that's right. just not, like, that's a little overdone, like, Oh, it's so much overdone. Yeah. yeah. All the Iron Man movies. (laughs) And, you know, like Zemo and... and, We made uh, a list on one of my episodes where we literally just talked about every (laughs) single villain that was inspired by Tony Stark. Uh, And it was a lot of them. Yeah, it's it's just too many. And I, I think that they they've exhausted that as an option at this point i hope that's the end of it i really do because and maybe that's the whole point of the infinity saga maybe that's what mysterio's character was meant to be like this was all meant to be an end to the saga this is going to be the the, of course they're going to end it with some villain that tony pissed off and he's going to be a big joke you know like maybe that's like the the whole point of this movie was supposed to be like a tribute to what 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 was and kind of closing that door and opening up another one where we we see fury at the end on a spaceship with a scroll you know um hopefully hopefully that's i'm reading i'm reading that right spider-man 3 is going to be uh the villains are going to be a wayer that he didn't tip enough that tony Stark didn't tip <laughs> enough and uh a, a, by, a, by, a bystander who he did not hold the door for uh, yes it now yeah the new sinister six <laughs> Yeah, too bad. Apparently, Mysterio won't be there because they apparently killed him, which I thought was strange. Did, did Spidey kill him by accident? No, I think he got maybe because he got hit with one of the drones bullets. Remember? Yeah. So mm. I don't know if that was his fault or not. Yeah, we'll mm, uh, have to watch the replay on that. But... Yeah, I have to rewatch this movie in general because I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like I had a lot of fun, but it was one of those movies that like. When I was before I was doing the recap for this, I was like, "Hold on, I gotta really like look at Wikipedia because maybe it was the wine." Um, but I <laughs> I wasn't as fresh in my mind as Endgame was. So Peter Tingle, God, yep, yeah, my my favorite author, Peter Tingle. Um, <laughs> Peter's Tingle. I yeah. cannot believe they did that. I can't believe that. Like, and it kept. Like the joke kept coming up. Like I thought it was just going to be a one-time little joke by Aunt May. It wasn't the the tingle. It just kept popping up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to their credit, like the scene where he finally uses uh, the spider sense uh, at the end, like against Mysterio, against all those drones, was a very visually satisfying moment. And I mean, visually, like the I th- I thought the the action was done pretty well. I mean, it it wasn't. Um, you know, Endgame, you have to, like, keep switching between people. Right. But obviously, Spidey, you know, you're just, like, you're fixated on his swing around. Uh, I'm interested to hear from you about your thoughts on what's going forward. I mean, you, you notice that, that Easter egg at the end when he drops off MJ and there's, like, this kind of sign in the back. Right. It's like, phase one, phase two, phase three, and then, like, the, the arrow points to a question mark. We can't wait to show you what's next. And yeah. they, they kept flying around the area where Avengers Tower used to be. They, like, passed by, like, the statue of the firefighters and first responders, and they would not show, like, what replaced Avengers Tower. Like, it was very deliberate, and it was frustrating me so much. 
I am going to stick with my gut feeling now that we got Fox and and that whole like Fox Sony like all the Marvel merger shit is done with, right? Mm. We're getting Fantastic Four. That's going to be Fantastic. Building. It's yes, that's what it's going to be. Uh we panned over to Fury in space with the scroll. Somewhere in there we're going to run into the Silver Surfer and Ooh. shit's happening. And cuz you know Spider-Man has always wanted to be a member of Fantastic Four. He's always wanted He's to be a part of that. He's already an Avenger. That won't make sense here. But the Avengers <laughs> aren't a thing anymore, so it that's gives true. him room yeah. to play. Um, and that's what I want. I want a Fantastic Four, and I want it, mm. which honestly will be really funny considering Chris Evans was a part of the Fantastic Four. Um, Same with Michael B. Jordan. So yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but that's what I really want. That's like, my thing i know people a lot of people are saying like oscorp tower and stuff which is fine and that brings up more of the spider-man universe but i think i'm kind of done with seeing like norman and and harry and all all that going on i'm kind of done with it which sucks i I like it in the in the comics don't get me wrong and we see it in the video game but like we saw it in the original trilogy it popped up again in the amazing spider-man 2 bless its soul and um i want to see other villains shine um so that's me that's my opinion what what do you think it would i mean it it's um i don't i i'm not too much attached to the comics so i honestly don't know what the previous films have missed about the Osborns. Like, I know there there is, like, a fervent, like, desire for the Osborns. And I they just have to come up with something really fresh, I think, if right. they wanted to use them again. I thought, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 2 really dropped the ball on all that. <laughs> and, oh, for sure. Um, and it, you can't really go back to, like, the, the Raimi version because it's... It's distinct in its own way in that it's kind of a meme in this day and age. And also, like, well, that version, I feel like, and I've read, I haven't read all the Spider-Man comics, but I've read Uh a good amount. And that version that they did is a very accurate version of what we have seen a lot in the comic books. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So unless they did, like, an ultimate Spider-Man where he meets, let's say he meets Harry instead of being in high school, he meets him in college and then, like... Harry is like basically in the Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, what I remember is like he's back and forth with like missing school and coming back because uh because of things happening with uh his dad and stuff. Yeah. Um yeah. and that plot twist was really good. And then you get the really big ugly green goblin, like the big, you know. I'm trying to think. Did we get the big scary green goblin in the PS4 game? Because I feel like we didn't. No, I'm. I I think the most recent time I remember him is in Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like kind of what he looked like in the comics. So like that yeah. that would be cool if we could get something like that. But again, I kind of. I mean, I would love to see Harry again because I feel like the trio friendship of Harry and. Peter and MJ is great, but we have Ned. Like, we don't need Harry. (laughs) We have Ned. So I would like to see some Miles Morales, and I know I'm not the only person that wants to see that. I would like to see maybe, maybe they'll 
really knock our socks off and go some like Gwen Stacy, not Amazing Spider-Man version, and we get like a cool yeah. like like what is what what does she call herself? Uh, it's not Spider Gwen at this point. Spider Gwen, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. like I know that's like a multiverse thing. I don't know. They have so many options. They could get creative with it. I personally don't want to see the Osborns, but that's just me. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in the next Spider-Man movie? Because that was a clear setup of, <laughs> um, you know, J. Jonah Jameson as as the Alex Jones of the MCU, I guess, is what that yeah. was. But um, I, you know, my, my friend was telling me, like, oh, next movie is just going to be, like, New York loves Spider-Man, so this is going to be New York versus the world. Right. <laughs> because they're yeah, I think with that, with that plot ending of him outing peter to the world right like i feel like i don't know i it's i don't know i would be really interested to see sinister six i've been always wanting sinister six it was teased at us uh at the end of amazing spider-man 2 but that never happened um we got the introduction to scorpion um in homecoming right yeah so we have the vulture and it's like i know they they probably can't just jump into the sinister six after this movie because they didn't set us up for anything else or to other villains but that's like something that i've always wanted to see live action so i would love that and i think especially now that all of new york knows who he is maybe maybe stark has pissed off more people and maybe spider-man's pissed off more people and they know who he is and this is the perfect motivation for people to like find him um so yeah i don't know what about you um i i don't know i i i, I thought there's gonna be more sinister six set up but it kind of um mysterio dying kind of threw a wrench in my in my uh ideas so yeah i am really curious to see what this world will look like when his identity is out because the his secret identity has always been kind of his one of the signature things that's unique about spider-man and I am kind of glad that the MCU is doing away with that because, you know, secret identities aren't really that much of a thing in the MCU. No, yeah. And um, it's it's just a new story from there, you know? Because, all like, the entirety of Spider-Man is the push and pull between his responsibility and his personal life. And we've never really seen a Spider-Man movie were like that. Like, we've always seen them in conflict, but we've never seen them, like, totally mashed together. And it's just gonna be, like, pure chaos. Like, what do you even do? Right. <laughs> like, you can't... You have nowhere to hide. So... I... I certainly hope that, uh, John Watts, the director, and the, the, the dude who wrote this movie... I hope they have an. I hope they had an idea of what they were doing before, <laughs> before they did that. They set yeah. that up and like, because if if they're gonna like say hypothetically, there is a new filmmaking team who is making Spider-Man three, and they're just like handed this like, oh, by the way, Peter Parker is uh, exposed. Good luck, guys. Like that. Right. <laughs> be a yeah. Terrible way to, to start off that creative process. So I have no clue. I mean, there's nothing. That's on what the I'm saying. Let's. Of, uh, <laughs> Uh, that's why i started off the podcast like what the fuck are you doing marvel because i i don't know i mean i'm sure there are comics where he people know who he is i've i've never personally seen those or read those or i don't know of a of that happening and that 
freaks me out. I don't know what to do. They retcon. <laughs> they would retcon that in the comics. I think like civil, like the comic Civil War had him um, take off his mask in front of video cameras, and I think it was the poorly received uh, one more day comic line where like he does a deal with the with the devil basically, and they erase they retcon that out of uh, the timeline. Uh, what if Mephisto, yeah. they retcon the shit out of this and the movie starts with Doctor Strange <sighs> turning back time? <laughs> Man, How pissed would be you be? About. <laughs> I, I, because here's the thing you, you would think about when you think about the end of Homecoming and Aunt May has her WTF moment. You would think that was going to have consequences, but no, she's, like, so chill with this. Like, you know, like giving him a high five and, like, like dragging him to, like, um, to these benefit events and, like, even suggesting, hey, uh, nephew, who has secretly been doing all these death-defying things behind my back, why don't you bring your suit with you to your right. innocent, um, European trip? And, um, that... That surprised me. So maybe again, like I, I'm gonna kind of go with my friend and assume that New York, or at least most of them, will not believe this nonsense. They won't care. And like, uh, very much like in Spider-Man Two, when the train passengers protected Peter Parker, I think it'll be that kind of deal. You know, um. You mess with New York, you me- you mess with one of us, you mess with right, all of us. Right. Like, the first Raimi movie. But you movie. gotta think, too, though, that they've seen this footage and they have this, like, Alex Jones dude, like, mm. being like, oh, he did this, like, to everyone in New York. And, like, they have this footage thinking that he did this thing. What if... Okay, I'm gonna stop talking about Sinister Six after this. I just had a <laughs> revelation. I remembered that at the end of Homecoming... Um, the vulture does know his identity. Oh yeah, and they have that conversation. He's like with the scorpion in ju- in jail, and he's like, "I heard you know who he is. I got some people on the outside, you know, like tell me his name." And he says, "No, right." So now he knows. Maybe he's got some people on the outside, right, that are gonna do whatever. Um, sure, yeah. If Peter has done this thing, people think Peter have done this thing in London. Maybe there's a baddie in London that has been affected by this, right? And like, so that you have some villains there. Maybe we are gonna get um, an angry New York that sides behind him. Maybe there already has been a Norman Osborn in New York in in the timeline that we just haven't known about as viewers, and this affects business deals that he has in London, and he gets all pissed off and. You know, like, there could be so many things that spiral on after this. So, like, I'm still sticking with the Sinister Six just because I want it. I have the worst idea ever, and I would like to present it to you right now. (laughs) Shots of, you know, like, if someone flying into New York, he steps out. uh, You don't see who it is. Um, Cut to this dude walking around Manhattan. Turns around, camera points at him. He has a microphone. And he says, I'm Eddie Brock, and I'm here in New York City investigating the oh, menace doing Spider-Man. And it's Tom Hardy. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I never, I never saw Venom because I didn't want to. <laughs> so. like maybe, maybe, maybe Eddie Brock has brought the Venom symbiote and like, oh, 
ooh, this dude is very bad. We must kill him right away. And like, and like, he's, like this is the contrived way that Amy Pascal is going to get Venom into the MCU. And I don't want it to happen, but I also want it to happen. No. <laughs> Yikes. I don't know. I don't know. And that's the thing is like, for for the longest time, literally, like, for the last, like, five, six years, maybe longer than that, every time I see a Marvel movie, I leave the theater and I'm, like, hyped. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is setting us up for this. We got the Infinity Stones. Look at this stuff. We're going to see Thanos soon, blah, blah, like, every single time. And now, after this movie, I'm like, what's next? Like, what's going to happen? What are we doing? Where's the plan? Disney, tell me the plan. Where's the they goddamn press me. conference? Where, like, <laughs> right? like he, he, he goes all, like, Kevin Feige goes all Steve Jobs. And instead of showing off a phone, they show off a logo and the, I need the crowd it. goes crazy. <laughs> I, you, oh, I need it. I need it yeah. so bad because I, right now, I'm like, I want to care. Like, like I said before, you know, I was burnt out after like leading up to Endgame, like i loved the mcu but i was like ready for it like i was ready to be like finally parting with this thing that i've loved and i've grown up with basically um but spider-man left me wanting more it left me like well what's what's the next big thing and i don't know and it's freaking me out and i feel like i need to know do you want to talk about the the um the movie productions that have been like semi like semi confirmed in that semi yeah 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 like in in that like the trade publications have reported on these but are we talking about Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2 and then the Black Widow movie? Black yeah, oh, Black and, Widow and, and Guardians of the Galaxy the, 3, right? Yeah, the Eternals as well. Oh yeah, 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 the Eternals. And yeah. Shang-Chi. So I know nothing uh, about the Eternals, so <laughs> that yeah nothing um i know of the uh the fact that i i already kind of knew that black widow was going to be a prequel i had been saying that forever yeah that's um, the one they're filming right now like right. they're already set photos out there of like some some freaking vr troopers looking dude as the villain i don't know who that character is but... somebody said he was the taskmaster like somebody ah. was like this is definitely the taskmaster i'm down uh, they have been casting, uh, the Eternals, I believe, Kumal Nanjiani, uh, Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, and, uh, rumors of Keanu Reeves and Salma Hayek. Oh, yeah. Um, filming to begin in September, directed by Chloe Zhao, who is, uh, Chinese. They will have an Asian woman directing an MCU movie. Nice. Um, yeah, so... I don't know anything about the Eternals, so I don't even know like where my mind should go and like what I should yeah. be guessing and yeah. thinking about. I guess we'll see. I mean, I I just looked it up now because I didn't know off the top of my head. But San Diego Comic Con is from July eighteenth to Holy the first. So Marvel Studios and Disney overall, like they are confirmed to be at Hall H, I believe. So they will oh. have some sort of panel. Do I need to buy tickets to San Diego Comic-Con this late? Ooh, are there still <laughs> tickets available? I don't know. Ooh, I'm going to check <laughs> Reddit for people selling tickets. <laughs> Damn. No, I am so excited because you know they're going to see a video. All right, if you're listening and you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, leak it. Leak the video. I didn't say that. 
So don't throw me in jail for encouraging this. Leak the video. We all want to see it. (laughs) It's fine. I need to go to prison anyway. I'm a gamer. (laughs) Yeah, this is. um, Yeah, this was a fun, fun movie. Did you overall like did you overall think it was a great movie? Yeah, I mean, I like Homecoming better, but I, I like I, I I will again emphasize like I this made me excited for the MCU again. When I yeah. was just like, you know what? If the MCU just ended now, I'd be okay. But like now, I'm like, okay, all right. What else you got? What else you got? Right? Fighting? Yeah. Bring it on. So, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we um rate the film and see where it ends up in my list? Not so much. I'm just, I'm curious what your rating mythology is, so I, I'm, I'm eager to hear about so, that. So, yeah. Um, when I left the movie, I was torn. I was like, I really had fun during this movie, and I really like this movie, but I don't know where I'm going to put it, because it doesn't, like, there was nothing in it that made me be like, holy shit! Like, a lot of times that happens, Um, but I, I had so much fun watching it. So... Where I'm going to put it now might change my second time around, but for now, it's going to seem low. But in my heart, none of these movies are low. It's just where it needed to be. <laughs> sure. So, so we're going to start from the top from last time, uh, and this is 23 films. So number one, The Avengers. Number two, Avengers Endgame. Number three, Infinity War. Number four, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number five, Thor Ragnarok. Number six, Black Panther. Number seven, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number eight, Winter Soldier. Number nine, Civil War. Number 10, Captain Marvel. Number 11, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number 12, Age of Ultron. Number 13, Captain America. Number 14, Iron Man. Number 15, Doctor Strange. Number 16, Ant-Man. Number 17, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Number, wait, was that 17? Number 18, (laughs) Thor, there's so many. Uh, Number 19, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Number 20, The Incredible Hulk. 21, Iron Man 3. 22, Iron Man 2. And 23, Thor, The Dark World. I have my full list. (laughs) For sure. I I for sure need to know your top three. Um, You've sent me your top three, but... The the people they need to know they want to yeah. know Chris what is it yeah you know, I, I I think I told you my whole damn list but uh yeah but uh, my my top three is Captain America the Winter Soldier Captain America Civil War and Black Panther Captain uh, America I Stan keep, yeah, I can keep uh going on if you'd like because um yeah go ahead let's so, let's talk about it and then we'll wrap we'll uh, like we'll get back to the top three after and just I want to know like why you like those movies so much yeah but keep going. Um, Number four is Thor Ragnarok. Thor, uh, excuse me. Number five is Avengers Infinity War. Number six is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number seven is Avengers Endgame. Number eight is The Avengers. Number nine is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Ten is Iron Man. Eleven is Iron Man 3. Twelve is Homecoming. Three is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Fourteen is Doctor Strange. Fifteen is Spider-Man Far From Home, at least as of right now, right, at this yeah. very moment. Number 16 is Captain Marvel. Number 17 is Thor. Number 18 is Ant-Man. Number 19 is Captain America, the first Avenger. 20 is Iron Man 2. 21 is Avengers Age of Ultron. 22 is The Incredible Hulk. 23 is Thor the Dark World. All fine movies, Thor the Dark World is just my least favorite one. I know, I feel like every time I say it, I gotta just say, hey, 
I like them all. It's just yeah. that some some of them end up at the bottom. Um, but yeah, tell me, uh, tell me what about like Civil War, Winter Soldier, and Black Panther? Why are they your top three? Sure. I mean, the Winter Soldier, I think, is just one of the most, if not the most airtight MCU movie of all. So even if it's like not really your cup of tea, it's just really hard to poke holes in that movie. It's, and this I'm this is like me bragging that I've studied I studied screenwriting in college, but <laughs> it's it's very efficiently um, written and edited, uh, and it it was the first um, Russo brothers and Marcus McFeely collaboration, and you can kind of see the gears click for them. It's um it it hits the themes really hard um the rhythm is just very good it does uh, most of these mcu movies i feel a lot of them are either too long too short too rust or too slow and winter soldier has none of those problems with me it's also to me the first movie that really gets cap's power set right visually i think uh the first avenger did um a really good job doing that like when he when he first runs chasing after the dude who shot Stanley Tucci, but Joss Whedon's Avengers, I felt, kind of just made him into, like, hey, he's really acrobatic! And Winter Soldier was like, yo, this dude's a human weapon. Like, he's running through doors and, like, crashing through them. Like, when he hits a wall, there's a giant dent on the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. He is... He, he is the peak of the human condition. And, uh, I don't know, there are just so many emotional moments to me, like when he, when he meets up with Peggy Carter, um, Money, everything with Bucky, basically. The reason why I like Civil War so much is that even though people are like, "Oh, it's just Avengers 3, I'm like, "You're wrong." It's you are, the yeah, sequel yeah. to the Winter Soldier because it's about Cap trying to save Bucky, uh, working off of the philosophy of Peggy Carter, who had passed away. But they have the quote, you know, from the Brian Michael Bendis uh, Civil War quote of like, "Your your duty is to plant yourself like a tree and say no, you move," and um, it was. Not as airtight. <laughs> there was there were problems with that movie, but it was just such an, a wonderful evolution of of the Winter Soldier's um, look and feel. You know, down yeah. to like like it, like my my favorite part uh, exemplifying that is the Winter Soldier theme. It's like this really creepy like electronic noise in the Winter Soldier, and then Cap Three uses the same tune and orchestrates it. It like evolves. Right. And to me, Civil War is just a very good evolution of the Winter Soldier. Um, everyone remembers the airport scene, but like to me, the thing that sticks to me is the Cap and Bucky versus Tony. That's like every that every single time I think about Civil War, I think about not only obviously like the Cap and the Tony ending, but I mainly think about the scenes with like Cap and Bucky and things like that. Like it is very yeah. much a Captain America movie. And for the people that are like, oh, it's just an Avengers movie, like it's not. Yeah. There's so much going <laughs> on. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, especially since Cap is like he, Cap is the center of every single action um scene in that movie. Yeah. So like he he's he's the protagonist. He, yeah. That's the shot where he freaking pulls the helicopter and he shows off his biceps. Um <laughs> great scene. Black Panther, um, I just think Ryan Coogler is a gifted director. I love I love Fruitvale Station. I love Creed and Black Panther. Um it's there's just a lot of um cultural subtext that I just really appreciate. I think it has um craftsmanship wise, it is by far the best MCU movie. 
yeah. The, the costumes, the set design, the production design, like, all, all of them Oscar-winning, I should mention, and they all deserve those Oscars. Um, and there are just so many, um, like, I, I think, like, the dialogue is very cliche. That's my big, biggest problem with Black Panther. But in terms of, like, just what's underneath the surface, um, just a lot of the, the political commentary, a mm-hmm. lot of the um, implications that it, that it has. And you know, Michael B. Jordan is just always magnetic. Oh, so yeah. So it's, it's just so, it's hard to beat that movie, you know? Like, again, I, I like kind of the cliched nature of some plot elements, I think, is what brings it down for me. But um, it's so rewatchable, you know? Oh, yeah. It's just such it's just such a gorgeous movie, and you know that is my top three switches around with Thor Ragnarok around, like depending on my mood. Uh, but like at this moment, Black Panther, I feel like just because of just how much thought was put into um, the world building and the you know the place the, the the place of Wakanda, I feel like that should get the honor of three, you know, as much mm-hmm. as I love Thor Ragnarok, like, for so many reasons. That's me in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And those are amazing reasons for your top three. So thank you. Yeah. I feel like in about, like, like, in a few years, after, like, the main Avengers, like, Infinity War and Endgame, like, those kind of hype, like, dies out for me i might change my list i think with everything going on with all the like building up to this for so long i think that's why my top three are literally (laughs) avengers and endgame and infinity war and maybe over time it'll kind of evolve because the way that i have my movies set up is about how they like made me feel when i was watching them and then Mm -hmm. how rewatchable i thought like how how much I wanted to rewatch this movie because it changed something like it like like in my head like it made me like wanna go back and back and back and I think that's why like those three are up there and that's why like Winter Soldier is let's see where's Winter Soldier at for me number eight but Winter Soldier is like an amazing movie like out of all the movies like Winter Soldier Black Panther um Homecoming I think those three are just like really good standalone films that I could just like show anyone and watch whenever um but just totally. the the feels that the avengers mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna say trilogy because we know age of ultron's lower um we'll pretend like <laughs> <laughs> infinity war Endgame and avengers are a trilogy right there um but those three just hit me they hit me hard you know so yeah totally valid that's i i relate you know <laughs> i think infinity war is uh, I mean, I have some problems with the editing of that movie, but like structurally, it's actually really well done. Oh yeah, like that 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 I don't understand. Like that's a hard movie to make. I know <laughs> and they did it. They did it, <laughs> you know? and they did it so well. Yeah, it's actually I, I I I've said this on like many different podcast episodes, but I think Infinity War is actually more accessible than Civil War. Yeah. I know that's a crazy thing to say, but like, no. they explain everything so well. They do, and they pan to so many different characters. Where Civil War is mm-hmm. just like this is what's going on and this is happening and all these characters are joining us. Yeah, um, yeah. Infinity War like separates everybody really well. And the way that they make the teams makes it like easy to understand and get along with the characters instead of just being like, bam, two sides, pick a side. Yeah. yeah. And the, you know, like I, 
I, I definitely have criticisms about the Rousseau brothers, especially with a lot of stuff they did for Endgame and, like, their press tour and whatnot, but I have to give them credit that they do pacing really well. Yeah. The thing with Infinity War is that the fear is that because there's so much stuff in one movie that all the scenes are going to be rushed, but all of those scenes, like, I... Again, like, I had problems with, like, when they transitioned from one to the other because there was just, like, kind of this editing whiplash. But every individual scene really breathed very well. Yeah. Um, it's well, yeah, I agree. It's well done filmmaking. Props yeah. to them. Props. Props. We're giving you props. So, <laughs> um, leak us the video. <laughs> leak us the, the, the picture of the timeline. Leak it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I will mention to you, Kayla, in case you want to follow this, but, um, San Diego Comic-Con, uh, the panel is happening, the Marvel Studios panel is happening Friday, July 19th, 11 a.m. I'm going to assume that specific time. Yeah, probably so. Um, and Anthony and Joe Rousseau will be at Comic-Con. I'm not sure if it's for the Marvel Studios panel, because they also have their own panel, um, for their production company with Marcus McFeely. But um, there, the deadline does report on a rumor that there might be some sort of Avengers reunion. I don't know what the point of that is, but um, I don't know. If you have any anyone in, you know, definitely uh, <laughs> there's their information that you need. Please go and send me what you know. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what they tell you that they can't tell us because I want to know. Snap has a correspondent on the ground. <laughs> Reporting in. Reporting in live for the Snap MCU. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was Spider-Man Far From Home. I liked it a lot, and I'm excited to find out what's next. Um, Chris, thank you very much for hanging out thank and you. talking to me about Spider-Man and the MCU. Um, yeah, it's it's been fun. I'm gonna give you a little plug. So uh follow them on Twitter at Compenderizer. Am I am That's I saying correct. that right? Yep. Compenderizer. So it's C-O-M-P-E-N-D-E-R-I-Z-E-R, Compenderizer. And of course at AP Marvel. Um anything else that you want to plug real quick? Uh not so much. Like if you follow me on Twitter, you'll you'll see all my uh gaming writing work on uh, on dual shockers and other uh, websites that I freelance for, uh, and also film self reflexist uh, AP Marvel. We, you know, we we do episodes on Thursday, um, and we are getting written content out there. So hey. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, we have a lot of stuff to offer. That's awesome. And we're hope, yeah, we're hoping that this summer will be a really big. Um, there will be some cool restructuring going on. So. Ready to announce anything yet, but uh, look, you know, follow us to look forward to those. Uh, thank you for thank you so much for having me, Kayla. Like, this is is a really good show that you do. Like, thanks. uh, And I'm 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 curious to see how you'll handle the hiatus because there's no movies until until May. Like, I, 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 you, you, um, I, I, when you were a guest on. On IP Marvel, I was like, oh, you should, you've done the TV shows, and you're like, ah, no, that's no. too daunting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely I, look back at the... Um... I feel like I'm just going to have a two to three times a year podcast, and I'm not mad about it. That is refreshing. healthy. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
yeah it's refreshing it's gonna be fun like coming back coming back to it because this was like my my little baby my little project the first podcast i've ever made and i did everything myself and i'm really proud of myself for it um and it was it was a little stress ball i'm not gonna lie it was a (laughs) lot at once so i think being able to revisit this project a couple times a year with new people every episode that like care about the mcu as much as i do and have so much fun with it um and maybe you never know like maybe i will make an episode about like when they come out with a timeline like you never know we'll see as it kind of rolls what what we do with it um but yeah um also other news for listeners um i am now a part of uppercut uh so if you have been following along with your geeky gal pal um with caitlin and them for a while um it is not it was not instead of being more of a blog now it's gonna be an actual content like an actual site um so i am a part of uppercut crit and this episode will be a part of uppercut as well i have decided to merge my baby into their um into their content creation site uh so that is happening so yes please follow me on twitter for the updates at the snap mcu um you can find me at oa kayla and um follow uppercut crit for other gaming news and content um but yeah this was a fun episode i love spider-man i love talking about spider-man um i kind of want to go play some spider-man ps4 tonight I did that last night, and I put on the Far From Home suit because that was a free update. <laughs> right, so I kind of want to do that. Yeah. I might also, do that. The, the stealth suit is also in that um, update. It's pretty cool. Exciting. So, if you have Spider-Man and you are listening to this podcast, I encourage you to go play it tonight and enjoy swinging through New York City, and um, let me know what you thought about the movie after you've seen it and listened to this brother cast. Um, but again, Chris, thanks for hanging out think um thank you all for listening yeah um and we're signing off at the snap